Chapter one, take two, two. Every conversation of the cottagers now opened new wonders to me. While I listened to the instructions which Felix bestowed upon the Arabian, the strange system of human society was explained to me. I heard of the division of property, of immense wealth and squalid poverty, of rank, descent, and noble blood. The words induced me to turn towards myself. I learned that the possessions most esteemed by your fellow creatures were high and unsullied descent united with riches. A man might be respected with only one of these advantages, but without either he was considered, except in very rare instances, as a vagabond and a slave, doomed to waste his powers for the profits of the chosen few. And what was I? Of my creation and creator I was absolutely ignorant, but I knew that I possessed no money, no friends, no kind of property. I was, besides, endued with a figure, hideously deformed and loathsome. I was not even of the same nature as man. I was more agile than they, and could subsist on, upon coarser diet. I bore the extremes of heat and cold with less injury to my frame. My stature far exceeded theirs. When I looked around, I saw and heard of none like me. Was I, then, a monster, a blot upon the earth from which all men fled and whom all men disowned? I cannot describe to you the agony that these reflections inflicted upon me. I tried to dispel them, but sorrow only increased with knowledge. Oh, that I had forever remained in my native wood, nor known nor felt beyond the sensations of hunger, thirst, and heat! Of what a strange nature is knowledge! It clings to the mind when it has once seized on it, like a lichen on the rock. I wished sometimes to shake off all thought and feeling, but I learned that there was but one means to overcome the sensation of pain, and that was death, a state which I feared yet did not understand. I admired virtue and good feelings and loved the gentle manners and amiable qualities of my cottagers, but I was shut out from intercourse with them except through means which I obtained by stealth, when I was unseen and unknown, and which rather increased than satisfied the desire I had of becoming one among my fellows. The gentle words of Agatha and the animated smiles of the charming Aramian were not for me. The mild exhortations of the old man and the lively conversation of the loved Felix were not for me. Miserable, unhappy wretch! Other lessons were impressed upon me even more deeply. I heard of the differences of sexes and the birth and growth of children, how the father doted on the smiles of the infant and the lively sallies of the older child, how all the life and cares of the mother were wrapped up in the precious charge, how the mind of youth expanded and gained knowledge of brother, sister, and all the various relationships which bind one human being to another in mutual bonds. But where were my friends and relations? No father had watched my infant days, no mother had blessed me with smiles and caresses, or if they had, all my past life was now a blot, a blind vacancy in which I distinguished nothing. From my earliest remembrance I had been as I then was in height and proportion. I had never yet seen a being resembling me or who claimed any intercourse with me. What was I? The question again recurred, to be answered only with groans. You read that beautifully, but good God, was this a boring book? That was one of the good parts. It was a good part. 
Kia ora everyone. Welcome to another episode of Chapter 1, Take 2, the podcast where we read a book, watch the film. This week, slash read a book, watch the, the play, play, and then discuss the adaptation we have observed. My name is Maddie. My name is Brianna, and I would like to emphasize that we are discussing the script, the adaptation of the script more so than the production itself or the portrayal by the actors, all of which did a great job in this production. Absolutely. Brianna and I are not one to uh, criticize the arts in, in the sense of people being creative. This is our review of our, the interpretation that we saw and what we thought uh, the script lacked or would have made it stronger as far as a production or a storyline would yeah. have been better. Yeah, for sure. Now, we have a real interesting scenario this week because I read the book before the play and you read it after. Absolutely, absolutely. So if you haven't guessed already, we are covering Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus. which was a novel originally written by English author Mary Shelley. Quite love. I didn't. I never knew Frankenstein was written by a woman. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, We're going to cover another one of her books in our next season. Oh, great. What one? One of them. One of them. Delightful. Uh, originally published in 1818, so over 200 years ago. Yeah. That's a, that's a long time ago. Hmm. Uh, before we get into everything, thank you for that reading, darling. Very much enjoy the creature's perspective more than Frankenstein's perspective. Oh, Frankenstein's a douche! He's a douche. Do you want to give uh, as brief a summary as possible for our listeners who are um, unlikely but may not be un- aware of the storyline? Sure. Um, so we meet Frankenstein, who is not the monster but the scientist. Yes. Victor! Victor Frankenstein. Indeed. Who is, you know, your typical white upper middle class, well, just upper class. Yeah. White. Just upper class. Uh, He's a wealthy boy. Boy who's lived a very charmed life. Yes, he, he talks about his ignorance himself, as like he's aware of his, um, was it sheltered and naive youth? He literally has his um, future wife handpicked out from, from childhood. Yeah. She's, she's adopted a, into the family and they're raised as brother and sister and and we're uh, not going to talk extensively about how weird that situation is, yeah. but let's just establish that it's weird. Is it um like olden time <laughs> grooming? Is that what that was? I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. So he becomes fascinated with the philosophy of the sciences, um, yes. of physics and how things are created. Yes. Um, he... Unfortunately, loses his mother, and that's quite tragic. I thought you were going to say loses his mind. Well. Yeah, that happens later. Um, he goes away to school, and he becomes obsessed, having lost his mother, with the idea of being able to create life. Yes. So, he does. I mean, there's there's not really much to it. The entire scene that you're familiar with, where there is a big it's house, and yeah, there's a giant storm... None of that happens. It's very matter of fact. He just, he wakes up, you know, he's, and he's done it, you yeah. know? And it's, it's very, like, what's he, the word? 
anticlimactic. Um, it's very anticlimactic. Anyway, and he, and he, and he immediately, immediately rejects regret. it. Yeah, he's just like, and no. Then his childhood friend shows up and he's like, I'm just going to ignore the problem until it goes away. So much British ignoring the problem. Yeah, it's just book. a like, classic. It didn't happen. Yeah. Maybe I didn't make a life. And then, um, and then he hears a, he he he's tragically ill because he's so upset with himself that his friend nurses him back to life, and he finally thinks he's gonna be able to move on. And then, bam, he finds out his younger brother is dead. Yeah, like uh, a child age. Like he's a, he's only really a teenager, Victor, like an older teenager, and his young like. Pre-teen. He's like in his early twenties. Yeah, it was like preteen. And young his, brother yeah, has been strangled. Young. Yeah. Which is very, like, that's and a he goes violent way to murder someone. And realizes immediately that his monster did it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, his, like, a nurse maid, like a housemaid mm. of so the family. So this is over, like, two years Yeah, well. yeah, this is a massive amount of time. Um, is accused of the murder. And Frankenstein believes that no one will believe him if he comes forward and says, I created a monster and that strangled um, my little brother. So he lets her die. Yeah. And then he whines for yep. several pages about how his pain is so much worse than her pain because she knows she's innocent. And his pain is of the pain of the guilty and the living. And she's dead so she can't feel her pain anymore. Yeah. And at this point, I am dying because I hate him so much. He is just like, so self-involved. Like, how arrogant... To oh. try to attempt to recreate life in the first place, but then also rejects your creation. Yeah. Like, take some fucking responsibility. He doesn't. No. Not Ever. at any stage. He's disgusting. It, I hate him. Yeah. Anyway, He's okay. so... Everything bad that happens... We have to get through this But it's his fault! I know! Sorry, sorry. Okay. Fuck so, you, Victor. Yeah. So then, um... Sorry. She dies. His she conscious. Dies. Yeah, he gets... Okay, so, and, then, and then he's like oh, I'm real upset about this. And then he hikes up the mountain and he finds Frankenstein. And Frankenstein... No, no, no. no, he finds the monster. Yeah. And the monster tells him his story. So while... Before the death of the brother, the monster has been, like, discovering existence. And it's the most interesting part of the book, this yeah. narrative, hearing about the, the monster discovering existence. Mm. And he spends a lot of time outside of a cottage observing this family and coming to terms with... A human emotions and the history of the world and learning to read and politics speak. and the things of society learning to read and speak and he he really wants to be friends with the family but he's very scared mm. um because every human that has seen him at this point has screamed and like thrown pitchforks at him um and so then he decides he's going to talk he decides he's going to talk to the blind father first because yeah. he feels like that's the best chance because um, he, the monster says there's nothing wrong or inherently bad about my voice and so if he it's can, just the, it's if, just his it says how I look so if the father so the father is like in the cottage and Frank I'm um, sorry the monster we're gonna keep fucking that up we're gonna the monster keeps talking to the father um, about how he wants to see his friends and hopefully his friends will not reject him. And just when Frankenstein's about to plead that the cottage people are the friends he's talking about, the son, sister, and the son's wife come home and they all have sight. And so they see Frankenstein and freak the fuck out um, and kick him out of the house. And Frankenstein is distraught. Like, he, he just... 
he has spent months falling in love with these people and observing them and just appreciating their way of life and they have cut him down which is a a deeper hurt than the villagers who just immediately reject him from because he doesn't he doesn't have a relationship with them exactly but then, you know what he doesn't do he doesn't kill them he doesn't kill them at all he doesn't want to um but they have left so they they so he does burn down the cottage yeah they but they're ab- not in it no it's and empty. that's a really important point yeah absolutely so they abandon it because i i assume they don't feel safe to go back yeah um and so whoever was like uh owns the land that they're living on they come they're at the no, cottage they, get, they, get, they um can't afford the rent anymore no, but they leave literally the day after he... Yeah, but there. it's because they can't afford the rent anymore. I think they're running away from him. That's how I interpreted it. Oh, well, that's not how I... Anyway, yeah. the point is... Yeah, so he burns the house down. He doesn't kill them. No. That's an important factor. Yeah. Okay, and then moving on, um, then he saves the little girl from drowning, and um, then... Her dad? Her dad, like, chases him away, and he's like, even when I try to do good things, I'm only punished. I am scorn. And, and Frankenstein had, when he ran away from his creation, he left his coat, which had his um, notes and his notebook in it. And Frankenstein, when he learned to read, he read it. And that's how he found out that Frankenstein was his creator. Yeah. And that's why he goes in search of him. Yes. And then he finds his little brother and kills him. Yeah. Kills Frankenstein's brother because he wants Frankenstein to come to him. Um... And I don't know why... He originally tries to make him be his friend. He's like, if I raise him up to love me... The boy. But the boy won't follow him. Yeah. Yeah. But why does he not just go straight to Frankenstein? I can't remember. Anyway, the point is that he kills him. Yeah. Um, And then we are basically up to where Frankenstein is at. And he has a request. The monster wants Frankenstein to create a partner for him that is like him. And they go back and forth about why or why it shouldn't happen. And eventually the monster, or Frankenstein agrees to do it. And Frankenstein goes away and starts working on the creation. But over like months. Like this book is like... Years and years and years. Yeah. And then Frankenstein's like working away and it occurs to him that he doesn't know if the monster he is creating will listen to the other monster, to the male monster. Yeah. And do what the male monster wants and disappear forever. Um, and he, and then he's like, even if they do, they might create a whole other race. Yeah. What if they could reproduce? Yeah. Of, yeah. of, of monster babies. Yeah. And so he destroys his creation and vows never to do it. And the creature sees this and then come and confronts him and says that I will be with you on your wedding night as like a, a threat. Yes. Um, and... And then he kills... Frankenstein's best friend. Yeah. And Frankenstein is accused of that murder, um, but, but but didn't do it, obviously. And, and gets then, away. Yeah. And gets imprisoned for a few months again. And he like slowly, and then he gets taken home. Yeah. His dad comes and gets him. And then he agrees to marry Elizabeth. Yeah. So just like throughout the book, All the people in his life are dying because yeah. he will not take responsibility for his action. And for some reason, even though he's never been the target of the monster's rage, directly he's like sure i'll marry elizabeth and then the monster will come after me for the first time and elizabeth will be safe and that's not what happens the monster kills elizabeth well because the monster shit the monster wants frankenstein's love and affection and that obviously that's why he's not killing him and he wants his attention so he's killing everyone that frankenstein loves because he's like maybe he's like a child oh exactly because he's what three years old but he's eight feet tall 
That's a terrible combination. Well, he's also very smart. He's like read a lot. So like I think his intelligence, he is being quite vindictive. Um, but like we don't hate him because the monster is so much more interesting of a character. No, but also he's just been mistreated. Yeah. Like if one person had shown him love or kindness, he wouldn't have done what he did. Yeah. So then Elizabeth dies and then, oh, this is all told within a story within a story so there's like a an explorer who's on a boat and picks up frankenstein who's been in the arctic um somewhere north of russia and um then frankenstein tells the explorer the story and the explorer relays that story to his sister Sister? violetta so there's like all the story within a story thing and then frankenstein's monster confronts him on the boat and frankenstein dies frankenstein is dead and the captain of the boat sees the creature and they have a little bit of a, a confrontation, like just a discussion. They don't actually physically engage. And then uh, the monster disappears into the snow. To go die. To Well, yeah, to go die. But Frankenstein's yeah. dead. Yeah. And that's the end of the book. Yeah. And so <sighs> one of the big takeaways that I got from the book is that Mary Shelley is sort of criticizing, I mean, it... I think a lot of people take away, you know, the God complex of Frankenstein. But for me, what's more interesting is that Frankenstein believes that there's a possibility that the female monster will be evil. And to me, what I take away interesting is the female monster has exactly as much chance of becoming evil as any normal human baby. Because it depends on how she's raised and how she's treated. Frankenstein's original monster is evidence of the fact that he wanted to be a good good person. That's what he, you know, in the passage that I read, he says he's attracted to kindness and amiability. Well, yeah. And it's only because he's so poorly treated and he realizes there's no future for him in happiness and companionship that he becomes absolutely evil. and 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 that plays to a concept where um which is heavily talked about in media which is essentially that we associate ugly things with being evil yeah or bad nature yeah and there was this criticism was made in i think the second captain america movie yeah with the woman who has the scar on her face and she must be evil because she's ugly that is the um, first Wonder Woman film. The first Wonder Woman with film. With the ash, like the woman who yeah, wears yeah, the mask. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was one of the films. And it was like a beautiful Gal Gadot versus an evil Exactly. Woman. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and we, we, I mean, that is not the only example. Oh, the not Joker is ugly. Yeah, totally. Technically. Totally. Um, lots of villains are ugly because it's easier to hate something that isn't beautiful. Yeah. It's, I don't it's feel, I don't feel like listeners need like, don't, don't mean to be convinced of that trope. Oh, no, no, no. Um, yeah. And so to me, that was the most interesting part of the book was this idea of beauty and um, ugliness and good and evil. Mm. And also just all of the, the... I think it's fascinating to watch someone try to understand why human society has developed the way that it is with a hierarchical structure of class and some people not being taken care of um but then still finding the beauty of worth like of life i think that's really i loved all of the scenes where frankenstein is like or the monster is um completely obsessed with how beautiful nature is yeah like the descriptions mary shelley i plot wise it was it was a struggle to get through for me but language wise 
beautiful writer. Totally. Absolutely gorgeous she has, descriptions. She had, she's long dead, she died when she was 53. Sad. Well, she was alive. She was born in the 1700s, so it's... Was she alive for 53 years? What do you mean? Well, you said she was... She, you said she she died when she was 53 and then she was alive and I was like, for 53 years? Yeah, but I mean... Because like, she died when she was 53. Yeah, but that's like... What I mean is it's a different time. Yeah. You know, to be alive in the 1700s. Fuck off! I'm sorry. No, so let's, let's get into the, the... Well, I want to talk about the book, right? Okay. And so for me, I really enjoyed... Like, she has a great grasp on the English language. Mary Shelley. She does. She does. Well, she did. She's dead, as we've established. But, like, for me, and this is obviously... Maybe she's hiding in the Antarctic with her monster. Maybe. And obviously, this is, you know, depending on the genre and the era and the author, books, like, you know, Shakespeare is written in a different version of English, like a different language, you know, and this was written... Dialect. Dialect, right? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. So this is, would you say this is a different dialect? I mean, it's it not is. how people talk. Yeah. Was it how people talked in 1818? I mean, I'm... Like, I'm not a historian. I don't know. Well, it's... Uh, yes, language has changed between now and then. But I would say that more... The language used, the vocabulary chosen was chosen with a more discernment like she was more selective she chose the right word with more con- selective yeah. she uses so many words yeah but she uses the word with the correct connotation for what well, the original connotation because yeah. like there are obviously some words in this book that have changed their meaning yeah yeah but like you know she's she's very specific with her word choice whereas i think that you know we we are we use a lot of synonyms and I'm doing air quotation synonyms interchangeably that aren't really synonyms mm. nowadays well what I find interesting reflecting on this book and it being written over 200 years ago is me wondering how she wanted uh, Victor what's called him Victor because we keep messing up Frankenstein sure. so his name's Victor Frankenstein so what she wanted us to believe Victor's character to be because you and I, as two uh, progressive femini- feminists, lesbians, like we will read Victor's character as someone who we don't give a shit. Like for me, I don't give a shit about. So you're his- wondering if he was intended to be a sympathetic character back then. Yeah, exactly. Because no, he- I don't think so. No, I, I don't. No. Okay. I I don't think oh. so. Even back then, oh, would people have read it and, and interpreted his character as like arrogant and the creator of his own doom? I think they would have, and for him to deserve. But I don't that think fate? that they would have thought of it for the same reasons that we think of it. Okay, I think that like it would have been like the intersection of religion. I mean, I'm completely speculating because I don't know the history of the book and we didn't look up the context because we were just focusing on the play, but um. I think that it would have been more like because he wants to be a god figure and he's using science to do that. And that's blasphemy? It, I, don't, I don't know if the word is blasphemous, but it's definitely arrogant. Sure. Men weren't meant to be creators is basically one of the themes of the book. 
Okay. Not creators of new beings. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, here's something that was in the play that what you just said reminded me of that wasn't in the book where Elizabeth literally says to Victor that if you were so obsessed with being a creator of life, why didn't you just have a baby with me? And that is some such good rationale right there. Like, he literally could have created a new being that was even of him, but he would rather have made something of all these mismatched parts. So I have a few questions. First of all, I really loved um, reading about um, the creature's first few days and hearing about how he's blind for a while, which is true with newborn babies, mm-hmm. and how the first sense he really enjoys is hearing birds, which is like how it's articulated how much he loves nature. And I love that. And like, I love that he's a vegetarian. I think that's so cute. Oh, yes. Yeah. Hard and, out. And like, that's he's... not conveyed in the, in the play. No, not at all. But it totally makes sense. Yeah, of course it would. Like, and that's another indicator to his non-violent character. I think that's an indicator to say that he's a more advanced race than us. Yeah. But, so, Victor built uh, the creature um, with a a mishmash, a mishmash of other people's body parts, as well as animal body parts. So he's got horse bones, which is something that makes him so strong. Hmm. And Victor wanted to make him, like, a giant, eight foot tall. And in the play, um, that was not... The monster's shorter than... Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting casting. Um, I hate calling him a monster because he's not. That's why I'm saying creature. Sure. Creature. Yeah. So, um, ba-la-la-la-la, a-la-la-la, what was I saying? Uh, Oh, yes. So, um, humans can be broken down pretty simply to, you are your brain. So your brain, um, you know, obviously... Are you going to ask me some kind of complex biology question? No. I don't know the answer to No, 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 no. I just want to have the conversation. Okay. Because it's like your brain has your memories, um, which basically help make up your personality. Um, and the chemistry in your brain dictates so much of your moods, your disposition, your emotional um, resilience and that kind of thing. Um, and so what I want to know, like the creature had someone else's brain. Yes. Why did the brain, which would have assumedly been an adult brain, mm-hmm. uh, when... Not remember anything. Not remember anything. And Well, I think that's the question, right? Because we have talked about, you know... And I think this is a question that lots of science fiction answer asks. You know, what makes a human a human? If you replace all the parts of a human yeah. with other parts, are they still the same person? No, I so I think... Um, I could have, um, and we see it with um, people who have uh, and what about biotic arms, yeah, um, and everything like that. Well, yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a philosophical philosophical question. Yeah, and I can't answer that so, question. No, 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 no. But I want to know uh, more in a literal sense. Like, so Victor, with a mix mishmash of sciences, somehow discovered the spark of life. Yeah. So. Which when, I, I think has been interpreted as electricity over years. Yes. But what I... what cause, But she doesn't actually reveal it in the book. No, she doesn't. So normal uh, human reproduction happens. Normal, I, I mean in the sense of the most natural biological sense, of course. Um, a sperm um, lodges itself into an egg. And the mixing of those two things creates an embryo and then a baby. Um, and then that baby becomes a human. That's how it works. And so... How, like, we've watched 
medical doctors review medical shows and like when someone's heart flatlines there's no bringing it back like you don't use that like thing what is that thing uh, get the defibrillator it's a defibrillator yeah you don't use that on someone's whose heart stopped like that's it yeah and so but for me i'm like but why though because it's a muscle right the heart is a muscle so if you pump it manually could you keep that person alive? And why couldn't you restart? Like, I'm just curious. You're asking me some some complex biological I know, questions. But this is what I think about. Because Should I'm, we phone a friend? Should we phone a Larry? No. Well, uh, our friend Larry is a theater nurse. And so we get to hear some really funny stories, um, really interesting stories, but also yeah. about how people are just meat sacks. Um, people are just meat sacks. Which Carry I, on with this. I, this is great. I which, love this. Which I love. Um, but I just can't, I think about that. What are you doing? I want to ask Larry a question. It's fine. I guess my ultimate question is, what is the spark of life? I asked you if you were going to ask me some complex biology question that but, I couldn't answer. But what do you, what do you think it is? I think it's all atoms are somewhat conscious, like Philip Pullman sees in his dark materials. His dark materials. Yeah. I just find it really interesting because to me, as a... Someone who is in a relationship where there are two parties and each has a womb. I I sometimes get quite sad and emotional about the fact that we can't create a baby together because... Be such a cute baby. Well, that baby would be cute, but also you and I... We would create the perfect baby. In some ways are so similar, in some ways so different. Like We're our, always praying for immaculate like conception. Our personalities, in some regards, are very similar. And I would just love to see that double down in a baby. Yeah. Like, what a little weirdo. Yeah. You know? And so that's something that I think about. And I'm like, but so how could I make that happen? You know? I'm not a scientist by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. But I, I can't help but wonder about that thing. And so reading well, this Well, if book, I carried your egg in my womb, if we go with the idea that all atoms are conscious, some of my atoms are going to go into that baby. But what about... Even com- if it's not my DNA atoms. What about combining eggs, though? Is that a thing? I think we've looked into bits and pieces... It could be someday, but I don't know, and I'm I'm kind of scared of that science. You're scared of it? Yes. Why? Because uh, we don't we don't know about it, and I think it's it's scary for me to play with a life because we don't know the consequences of it. How, what do you mean playing with a life? You know, it's that idea that a baby doesn't ask to be born. So if we accidentally create a baby with some sort of, um, not like disability, but like um, like a defect, like a heart defect, and it only lives, you know, for a year or something and then it dies because we're fucking around with, create, you know, smashing two eggs together. That's on us. <laughs> That's so brutal. I'm just saying. <laughs> sure, sure. I understand It's a really that. selfish thing. Yeah. I would like to go back to the idea of, like, um, why doesn't the brain have memories? And if we go with the analogy that the creature is essentially a newborn child because it, you know, it doesn't see for the first few days, it doesn't have the gift of language yet, um, well, you don't remember your time in the womb. So maybe it's gone through a philosophical womb. Ooh, that's a great answer. That's a really good answer. I do what I can. Okay, great. So, the play. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I didn't like the adaptation. 
The production <laughs> quality was fantastic. I think um, one of the fun things about this production was that um, the actor who played the Victor Frankenstein, the actor who played the creature, switched off every other night. Yeah, they did um, a so They took thing. turns. And I think that speaks to incredible talent on their part. So yeah. good on them. That's real fun, too. It is a real fun idea. Yeah. Um, what? Do they get paid twice, I wonder? Let's talk about... What we did like, so the opening sequence, the choreography, yeah, there's some absolutely stunning, wonderful movement um, in the production as well. Well, I would say that the opening choreography was stunning, and then I would say it never reached that again. Well, I would say I enjoyed that, but there's also the movement that was used with fabric. So there was a the shot, giant cape thing. Yeah, there was a giant cape to represent being up high in the mountains in the wind, and it didn't stop. Yeah. And I loved that. It was very cool. Yeah, and I also really enjoyed the climbability of the set in that there seemed to be multiple trap doors. Well, we can all, we, we can all agree fun. that the set design at the court theatre is just stunning consistently. Yeah. And Frankenstein was no exception. It was a beautiful set, well-designed, very well-utilised. Yeah. Um, I would, say I would have liked to see a little bit more climbing, but, you know, no complaints. Yeah, throughout the whole show, there was a lot of grey. Uh, just grey and white used a lot. Um, but that, that makes sense because we're looking at the shades of grey. Yeah, sure. Of good and evil. Um, I thought that the actor that night playing the creature had some great physicality. Absolutely. And some great noises. And like he... Because he... Put- he captured the joy of discovering. Yeah. Something very well. And he also wasn't offensive in the representation of someone who is uh, learning. And I appreciated that because it could have potentially been offensive. Yeah, I don't know. So, (laughs) Alary just said, so I asked Alary, who is our theater nurse, very important question. Can you physically keep someone alive by manually pumping the heart if it stops beating? And Larry just wrote, that's what life support is. Yeah. Oh, but brain, uh, but brain death, death is more complicated. complicated. Mm, yes. Mm. Yes. But if the heart is pumping manually, does that help the brain support the brain? Or can the brain die separately from the heart? Yeah, of course. That's what brain dead is. Like, if you get hit hard enough in the head. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but what? Oh, okay. 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 Getting really interested now in biology. Oh, biology is fascinating. Um, yeah. What's interesting about when this book was written as well is that it refers to these studies um, as the philosophical sciences. And I've always thought of philosophy and science as quite different things. So like physics to me is science, whereas philosophy is more of a discussion or a debate and knowledge, whereas science to me seems more practical. Obviously, there's... Well, you have to remember that science didn't always exist. Yeah, which is for so a long time weird. the only acceptable way to explain the universe was God religion. Yeah, it's really funny. There's an episode of Family Guy, I think, where Stewie and Brian go to a future where um, religion never existed, and there's like a thousand years progressed in science. Yeah, and it's funny. Okay. Ah! Well, okay. Going back to the play. Yeah. One of the things that I didn't like is there's this conversation. Between Elizabeth and Frankenstein, Victor, in the play, where Elizabeth seems to suggest that <sighs> the way the dialogue is written suggests that science is the problem and not that he's... But to me, science isn't the problem. The fact that he tried to create life 
isn't a problem. And I, I mean, far be it for me to say this, but I think, um, I think books, especially classics, need to be taken contextually. And there, I, I don't think there's inherently an issue with examining the way that life is created uh-huh. from a scientific sp- perspective. Um, the problem is that once he's done it, he never takes responsibility for it. Totally. Is that and a bigger think, analogy for men not taking responsibility for the offspring? Maybe. Uh, maybe. And I, I think it's problematic to adapt books and not adjust they're like, they're oh, cut. totally. There was you know? nothing wrong with adapting old works, but you just have to bring them up to speed. Like, there was... Some... And there were some attempts to do that, to make Elizabeth a slightly more interesting character. Yes. But, but it also made their it relationship... It was very pandering. Make, yeah, and it made their relationship make less sense. Yes, because Frankenstein is such a jerk to her, and she is so wonderful. She's There's not, no way she would stay with him. There's nothing interesting in their relationship. But he's nice to her in the book. But in the play, he's not nice to her. Um, yeah, he is nice. He loves her in the book. Yeah. Um, but in the play, yeah, he's he, there's just no logical reason for their relationship. There's a part where when he is leaving in the play to go create the female um, partner, Frankenstein, where Elizabeth says, take me with you. And if if she had taken, if he had taken her with him, that would have been like, I would have been Boom, completely sold on the rest of the play. It would have been and so all the interesting. Because it would have been like, okay, this is an in- this is at least an interesting take. But I didn't enjoy the take on this. I didn't think they said anything new or interesting with it. And I think ultimately, like, it left a lacking in the in the in the philosophical questions that Mary Shelley discusses in her totally. book. Totally. Totally. Um, I loved it. So for me, uh yeah, that's a massive part of it. And I I when I watched that scene and I thought that Victor was gonna take Elizabeth with him, I was like Cool. I yeah, was down I was like, for this. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, I was like, does she kill the female monster? Like, what's going to happen there? Yeah. And so, and like, but is she going to team up with Victor and they're going to be like this evil duo? Like, how cool was that have been? been? That would have been awesome. For her to kill the female monster. Yeah. Um, because she deal then she's dealing with the problem immediately that Frankenstein wouldn't. Yeah. You know, oh, he yeah. from. Totally, so, totally. So much more so interesting that, to take. Yeah, that would have been great. I, um... Another problem that I had is that he's so keen to create another monster initially. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll do it better this time. I'll make it actually pretty. Yeah. And I really hated that because it takes away from that that theme that we were talking about before about evil and and ugliness being interconnected that criticism that mary shelley is making of like us turning away from ugly things and assuming that evil or disgusting yeah um and also he wouldn't have that capability yet like he'd only done it once before like i don't know that he'd be yeah. able to make it pretty all of a sudden and also but he, like he clearly thinks that the monster is evil because it's ugly yes and for no other reason yeah well even after Victor listens to the monster's whole story and gets, like, for me, it's apparent that if um, Victor had decided to forgive the monster then and there and be like, yes, you've murdered people. My brother and this woman was murdered because of you and my friend. No, that happens later. He yeah. could have saved his friend's life. He could have saved Elizabeth's life. I would, yeah, I would hard out say that the maid is entirely on Frankenstein. It has nothing to do with the creature. So I could say at, when they when they meet, they're one for one. Yeah. One murder on and each if, of them. if Victor had just let go of his pride and been like, yeah. And, but also, this is, if I was the creature, right, 
and I, um, after observing the cottage people, um, suddenly, you know, I'm able to speak and converse with people and articulate my needs and wants. I would just wear a big ass cloak, right? And a mask so people couldn't see my face and be like, hey, bro, this is the deal. Like, I don't know who I am. I'm lost. Like, I'm a good person. I've been bringing you wood. I've been bringing you this game. Like, I want some help and support. Like, I'm ugly, so don't look at me. But can we work this out? And, like, get people... Oh, I would find another blind person. Yeah. But there were just other ways around it. Yeah. Which I would... But, I mean, that's not the point of the story. That's not the point. But I'm I'm a solutions-focused person. And I'm like, if you had just worn a big-ass cloak... Okay, but, okay, let's talk about the the most, the biggest, the biggest problem with the entire play, the worst scene, like, and, and, and I mean, there were other issues, like, one of my issues was that the dialogue was real clunky and exposition heavy, that you could see that they were trying to get through some of the concepts um, that are really beautifully described in the book that just weren't. Can I try and guess your least favorite scene? Yeah. Is it where they bring the dead brother back to life? No. Because they don't bring the dead brother back to life. No, but he's like there in in Victor's imagination. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, Is it uh, where they burn the cottage people alive? No. Uh, Okay. Is it when um, the creature eats meat? No. Uh, Is it in the first or second half of the play? Second half. It's a big problem. Is it when Victor doesn't die? No. Uh, I'm just naming all the plot holes of the play. You can go now. Okay. It's when uh, Elizabeth says, I'll be your friend to Frankenstein. Oh my the god! And the monster oh still god! kills her. That was so... Like, I was like, oh, done. The author of this play does not understand the book. No. Because Frankenstein... All he wants is a friend. There's no way he'd kill someone who would agree to be with his friend. No. and But I did enjoy how spooky it got where the creature was oh, like, yeah. Victor taught me how to the lie. Tension and I'm like, oh! The production oh! quality or organising the tension, the delivery of that line. That was fucking epic. Stunning. Yeah. But... Yeah. It shouldn't have been in the play. Yeah, bullshit. That's totally true. That's totally true, honey. I also... um, A friend... I can't believe you didn't guess that. No. But totally. Totally. Last Um, part of the play, I was like, oh, bloody hell. Yeah. There's still gonna be like 45 minutes of, like, a fright falling action here I've got to sit through. And and I'm not gonna agree with any of it. What we discussed afterwards as well was how funny it was... Well, not funny, but how disengaged uh, another friend of ours was um, when we basically were talking about how all female autonomy is taken away from, like, the monster's like, I want a lady. And Frankenstein's like, I'll build you a lady. And then Frankenstein's like, nah, I won't build you a lady. I'm going to murder her because she's going to be evil. And just, like, all autonomy, all choice is absolutely, all life is taken away from the female character. And it's just, like, these two dudes literally debating a, a woman's existence. Yeah. And, I mean, I didn't... I, I don't know about you. You you like so this is an interesting perspective. Did you feel that way in the book when you read it? With the the creature asking for a partner? I mean I thought it was for me, I can't help but often side like, with women. Well just see everything through the the queer lens. And so I'm always just like, if you just want a friend like, why can't you have a guy? And I you and I talked about this and I totally agree that um the monster has seen every male and female mate. So it's like they have a partner. They have... Yeah, that's what they've learned. Yeah, that's what they've learned, that they have, uh, a, like, uh, yin and yang. 
And so that's what they want because they want to feel complete. Yeah. Right. And so I totally get that. Um, but I'm just like, if you just want a friend, like, just get a dog. I don't know. But I, it didn't seem as sexist as in the play. No, it doesn't. I, I think that. But I don't know why. Well, I think that speaks to Mary Shelley's writing because uh, there are very few lines in the play that, if any, that rise to the poetry that is Mary Shelley's writing. She's got some, she's got some skills. Yeah, and and she comes at it from I think a much more interesting perspective. Mm. I genuinely understand the creature's plea for a companion and of for a female course. companion. How isolating would it be yeah. that not only can you not even speak to other humans, you get immediately rejected. Like, you would be so isolated. Yeah. Like, just true loneliness. But I guess I'm I'm kind of a sucker for that. Like, I, I felt more empathetic towards the male character in Passengers. And I know that's controversial opinion, but I think a, an existence, like, if you've witnessed love, like, the creature does in, in viewing the relationship in the cottage, if you've yeah. witnessed true love and seen that kind of joy on someone's face, you can't mm. help but want that. And, well, and, and I can totally understand why life could feel meaningless without it. Mm. And that's not to say there's no validity in, you know, staying single or that you can't find happiness and completion without being, like, with being single, but, like... I, I, I don't think it's strange um, for people to value that. Mm. I agree. I, I mean, I love our life. I love our love. Oh, absolutely. I, I've always been a relationship person. Exactly. And some people aren't relationship people, and that's totally fine. But if you're a relationship person, is clearly the creature is. Yeah, I've, I've always been uh, more happy in a relationship than single. And I, mm. I think there's, there's, an, there's lots of elements that play into that there is a lot of social pressure to tell you that you're not enough alone and i i think we should all work on ourselves more to be our own friends first and to actually not not that you to need self-partner like emma watson is that what that is yeah is she doing that that's what she says she said it like a couple of years ago she said i'm self-partnering oh i love they're gonna marry myself i just mean like I wish we lived in a society that celebrated you developing as your own person. Not You don't need to um, be perfect before you get into a relationship. Brie and I have both grown from our relationship and the support and love like that has been given helps you. It's absolutely like I am stronger because of the people in my life. But yeah. I... But I I just so, think I don't know. I totally agree, but I also think Frankenstein had like there's a huge opportunity with Frankenstein, especially in our, our world today, which is still which is more obsessed with beauty than ever before, mm. to really comment on the privilege of beautiful people and the. You're beautiful. Yeah, I know I'm pretty. I got pretty privilege. <laughs> um, you do. Me too. <laughs> and I think you know. And that's related closely to the body positivity movement and thin privilege. And I, I think there is... White a, privilege. Yeah, white privilege because we've privileged white skin and considered it more beautiful, which is yeah. ridiculous. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a whole lot of thing. And, you know, colorism. There is a... Are you saying that you would have wanted the play to have a stronger commentary on this? Yeah, I just think that's the, that's an interesting angle to bring up, and it has been for decades. That would have been an interesting adaptation, is that you know to really focus on the idea of of beautiful people 
having a stronger privilege because mm. Frankenstein only turns away from his creation because it's ugly. But I think there's a definite commentary by Mary Shelley that had the creature been more beautiful, more elegant, more graceful, that Frankenstein might not have seen it as a monster. Totally. But Frankenstein built the creature in like a frenzied, sleep-deprived, obsessive state. Yeah. Like he even comments on how he couldn't build the female uh, without... He was... He found the whole process grotesque. Exactly. Which is why it doesn't make sense for the female in the play to be so beautiful. Totally. I totally agree with that. Going back to passengers. That's an interesting comment to bring up. I... Uh... I I agree it's not unreasonable. But I, I think you have to be honest with someone. Like, if you... Um... Because the problem is that you're uh, subjecting another person to your fate. So it's not just that... I, know, I, I definitely understand that. I'm not saying that he made the right choice or that it was an no, ethical I'm choice. Saying... I'm just saying that, like, to completely not understand his... And, like, just make him out as, like, this really evil, selfish person. Yes, he made a selfish decision. Is it completely, un- like, not understandable? No. It's, yeah. it, it, you know... It, it, it's hard to be alone. Um, yeah, it is. And and I think I think that it's I think that sometimes we forget how hard it can be to feel lonely because you're ugly and because people have looked down on you because you're ugly. Mm, for sure. I think um, we're all more perceptive than we even realize. Yeah, we, you know, babies within the first thousand days. They learn so much about what a look means, what obviously there's uh, neurodiverse people and they have different experiences, um, which I totally um, appreciate. Um, But it's like, you know, a hug, a touch, a glance. There's over 70% of communication between humans is body language. So... We didn't even bring a fan of the opera here, but there's some parallels with that story as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's like... And King Kong. Yeah. If you've only known cold rejection, why would you give a shit about destruction? Why would you have empathy? Frank, um, the monster has empathy, even though he's been treated badly. It's only, Absolutely. It's there's, only... no, there's no question that Mary Shelley thinks that the soul of the creature... Thinks that the creature has a soul, and thinks that the soul of the creature is more beautiful and more pure than that of Frankenstein. Yeah, totally. Um, it does make me think about current society, and um, not so much um, those who were not considered beautiful, but also those who were shunned and discarded by society, either because of poverty, uh, racism, uh, homophobia, all those kinds of things. Like, if you've been hurt enough, if your heart has been broken enough times... It makes total sense that you would not care about um, consequences. Because hmm. what have you got to lose? Revamp or make retire. Mm. Mm. That's a tricky one. It is. I feel like it's more complicated for me. Than me? Is it because the, you're the, in this No, than usual. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yep, no, I agree with that. Mm. Mm. I got it. Yeah, alright. Okay. Three, two, one, retire. Ooh. I'm I'm saying this just because 
I feel like... You go on. To me, um, musicals occur when, you know, you, you burst into song when words just won't. Is there a Frankenstein musical? I don't know, but, like, can you not see the creature bursting into song when he, like... I bet there is. You know? I'm looking it up. And I just think, what better text, you know? Yeah. Um, so I would love to see a Frankenstein musical. Um, but I would like to see it. What really struggled me is because... It's it's not like I don't know if this particular version of the story is super important to te- to tell anymore. But I think that um, there is a Frankenstein musical. Uh, it came out in two thousand and nine. Okay, so we are gonna have to listen to that. Yeah, uh, and see if what, what our thoughts are. We might do a follow up bit. Music by Gary P. Cohen and Jeffrey Jackson. So that's my homework. Uh, and we might decide that that's oh not good enough. Oh my god. Is it going to be so weird? We have to, we have to listen to the we have to listen to the recording. We will. Oh okay. my god. Amazing. So, yep, that, that was my point, but I I do want to see a version that like we talked about with Elizabeth getting a little bit more autonomy. Um so uh, tell me about your retire. Um I appreciate the story. Mm-hmm. And the narrative that uh, Mary Shelley wants to tell. I, but I fucking struggled like shit to read this book. Like, um, yeah, Brie was really... Um, Hounding you. Yeah, but also you were very facilitative at the end where you um, found the audio reading, which is free on YouTube if you want to listen to it. Um, I listened to it at 1.25 speed. And I found that really helpful because there is so there's so many words just just used to describe something like um we've started listening to uh children of men for our um third season post-apocalyptic dystopian societies and this narrative it's just so much easier to read and it's so interesting it is but hang on i'm not done my okay. my retire is because i'm sure there are more recent diverse texts that are also debating and bringing up these same things. And, okay. And I'm just like, I okay. want, yeah. So we, we love a good modern adaptation. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites is called Mary B, which is about Mary Bennett um, from uh, Jane Austen's famous novel, Pride and Prejudice. And it tells her story. Um, it's fantastic. You should definitely check it out. So if any of our listeners have a Mary B version of Frankenstein that is updated and more interesting, we'd be super keen to look at that and see if that should be adapted. Yep. That's so good if cool. you've got a suggestion, let us know. We're yep. super keen. If you're like in love with the concept of the story or the questions that are being asked, hit us up. Yep. Uh, also, um... But what I was going to say is that yep. Frankenstein seems like a lovely book to quote. <laughs> Oh, 100% it does. So that's what I've got. Um, Again, I just want to emphasize that the actors and the production team of the court did a fantastic job um, and that we really are just looking at the adaptation, uh, the script. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, A shout out to our friend Sophie because um, she doesn't read a lot of... uh, fictional that's fake yeah fictional stuff um and so she got onto the podcast from our last uh book to stage adaptation review which was once and so i'm sure she'll be listening to this so hey so 
hope lockdown's going all right for you. Yay, Sophie. Um, she will be guest starring on an upcoming episode uh, where we will be covering recovering Matilda, but the musical adaptation. Well, Super excited. Love that one. Cool. So um, fingers crossed. As long as COVID behaves itself. Yeah, New Zealand Aotearoa has gone back into level four lockdown over the last um, two weeks. Because and if you don't know, our level four lockdown, like our lockdown, is intense. I saw some TikToks about like. Wait a second, you guys don't get takeaways on lockdown? No, we don't get anything. It's the grocery store, the dairy, the pharmacy. pharmacy that's it. That's like, it. you go out for walks, you don't see anyone socially, you don't go to any bars or cafes, they're all closed. Um, it's the um, go hard and fast uh, approach to COVID, which is why New Zealand... Bef- Experienced bef- over 100 days of COVID-free. Yeah, before Delta. was it more than 100 days. Way more, but... Yeah, before Delta um, spread from the New South Wales outbreak in Australia, um, New Zealand had been months and months and months of COVID-free. Life was absolutely, apart from international travel, everything was back to normal. Yeah. Um, And so that's why this approach has been taken again, um, which I think is the safest and seems to have, uh, compared to the rest of the world, it seems to have um, been effective in the past. Who knows if Delta will change that? Who who knows? So much unknown. I mean, it's not to say it hasn't been hard, because it has, but Maddie and I just made our vaccination bookings. We did. Should be under a week. vaccinated. Yeah. Get the drugs. Love those science drugs. Science. Yeah. Yeah, and see, that's why I didn't like that they weren't promoting science in the play. That's the message that I got, was that, you know, science should take a backseat to religion. And science brought us vaccinations, and vaccinations are going to help us beat this. Yeah, they beat polio. They're going to beat this. Anyway, so... Hashtag get vaccinated. Hashtag shoot up. Sorry. Nope. I'm going <laughs> to cut that out. I'm going to cut that out. Sorry. <laughs> no. Sorry. Sorry. Inappropriate. Um, rescind that. Yeah, rescind that. Next, it's a retraction. We're next, printing a retraction. Next episode will be our... Reflections. Um, yeah, our reflections of the past season. Season two, female-led literature and film. Um, we've covered some amazing books this season and some also not so amazing ones. Yeah. But they, like... Well, nothing terrible. No, nothing terrible. Nothing is bad. Like, Brie and I couldn't even f- read um, A Simple a Favor. A Simple Favor. We, that was originally on our season one, and our, our season <sighs> one, we just couldn't do it. Like, that, like, I really... Do you remember? Because I was reading the mommy blog posts out loud, and you were just like, no. Yeah. Uh, And we, you know, Blake Lively, amazing actress. um, Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. Amazing. It was a fun movie. It was a very fun movie. Also a bit weird, but but the novel is, like, it's one of those weird situations where the movie is better than the book. Absolutely. And, like, that doesn't happen very often, but... But that's, like, so interesting that they made a movie out of that book. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Great. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Chapter 1, Take 2. We are everywhere. We get your podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Um, hit that like button. I don't know. If you're listening on, like, what, Apple iTunes thingies, give us a five-star rating. Five stars, because we're lovely. Um, and if you would like to contribute to us creating content as podcasters, you can donate to our Patreon. Yeah. Uh, chapter 1, Take 2. Oh, excuse me, um, at Outlook.com if you'd like to flick us an email. Is it $2 a month? It's as much or as little as you'd like. I have the hiccups. Oh, it's as little as you like. We'll take 10 cents. We'll take 
one oh, thing. Oh, your money. Nah, just joking. It's not a scam. We'll do this um, for, you, for you anyway. Because yeah. we enjoy it. Yeah. Um, Facebook, Instagram. Hit us up. We got an email. We talked about it last week. Love it. All right, cool. I tweet funny things and no you one do? ever hears them. No. They just go into the, to the internet ether. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, we'll take care. Um, I mean, I think I'm funny. Drink lots of water. Um, get plenty of sleep. Um, you get know. vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Okay. What? Yeah. Bye. wa. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes.